mind, body, spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack life, not others, is an insight into that life. With Sensei Tim Hoover. I have a very special guest on the show from California. His name is Dr. Gopal. He um, lived most of his life on the East Coast, and he delivered both of my children. And he was able to not only deliver both of my children, but make it a very personalized thing, which is very hard to do today. We talked over the years, not a lot, but most recently, he has been in touch with my wife through Facebook. And I am so excited because he is a practitioner of mindfulness, of mind, body, and spirit. Dr. Gopal, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thank you for asking, Tim. I am so happy that you decided to discuss these topics because I think they're so important today, how the mind, body, and spirit plays into um, you know everybody's life and how at times we feel so lopsided and so out of balance. And what I wanted to do is just let's just relax and talk a little bit about your ideas, your concepts. Most recently, you have uprooted and moved to California. Yes. What part of California? I live in Alamo, California, which is in what is called as the East Bay. Okay. And I work in San Francisco. So you left the practice here. You decided to leave and go to the West Coast. So what are you doing out there specifically? Well, what happened is that my wife and I have always wanted to settle down in our uh, the golden years of our lives in California. And it so happened that they offered me an opportunity to become a medical director and chairman of the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at CPMC, which is California Pacific Medical Center, primarily because they were looking for an individual who incorporates complementary medicine into his medical practice. And uh, since I practice yoga, meditation, Ayurveda, which is a little-known medical discipline from India dating back some 6,000 years, medical acupuncture and homeopathy, they thought that I would be a good fit. That really fascinates me. So rather than me talking and rattling on here, why don't you just tell us about it and enlighten us, so to speak? Well, you know, we live at such a frenetic pace today. From the moment we wake up to the infernal alarm clock to the time we fall exhausted into bed every night, we are just putting out one fire after another, some of them real, some of them imagined, you know? Yeah. And in the process, we are constantly catching our breaths. Everything is a dire emergency. Everything has to be done yesterday. There is no time to sit back, take a deep breath, calm down, and become aware of yourself, your surroundings, and the blessing that this beautiful human body and mind and the spirit and senses is. So unfortunately, that is lacking. The mindfulness is lacking in our everyday life. It is important that all of us become aware of the beauty and the glory of the human body, the mind, and the spirit. And we have an opportunity every now and then to sit back and appreciate the spirituality and the divinity that dwells within. That is the most important thing that I try to convey to my patients because they are always on edge, always upset, always anxious and tense. The number of people in society who are on medications for their anxiety and their depression is increasing. It is because people are finding it difficult to cope with the problems of their lives. How do you approach that with you know an everyday person who comes into conflict with just life in general? Yes, that's a great question, Tim. The, the best answer I can give you is that I cut the quote according to the cloth, meaning 
that there are patients who walk into my office who have no time for anything other than give me the magic pill, the magic bullet that takes care of my problem. And for them, I give a prescription. There are others who are interested in changing their lifestyle, changing their diet, making themselves feel better as a result of making some mild alterations in their lifestyle, uh, incorporating a little bit of spirituality and mindfulness into their lives. They are the ones who are receptive to changes. There is no point in talking about changes, alterations in lifestyle, meditation and yoga to everybody because not everybody is interested. And unless they are receptive, they are not going to follow your prescription or your uh, suggestions or recommendations. So what I do is I see how receptive the person is. And if the person is receptive, I tell them either on that visit itself or if there, there are time constraints for her and for me, I have them make another appointment to spend about an hour with me when I take a detailed history of their lifestyle, diet, etc., And then just make some simple, easy to follow recommendations with regard to changes in the diet and the lifestyle. And lo and behold, they feel so much better than I did before. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> this topic of mind, body, and spirit, attack life, you know, I've been training, as you know, I've been training in the martial arts most of my life. Absolutely. You know, it's this constant awareness of eating the right foods, nutrition, mm-hmm. getting a grip on the stress and the emotions that go on in the mind, and then having the spirituality, having a deep search for something greater than us. To balance those three things is hard. It seems like that's what you're doing. Have you written anything? Uh, do you have anything out? I have a blog, which is how Carol, your wife and I, came into contact with each other again. And on that blog, most of my writings are based on this. In fact, all of the writing in the blog, all the blogs are associated with talking about how the field of Ayurveda classifies the human body how each human being is unique unto himself or herself, and how it is extremely important for us to pay homage and respect to this beautiful human body, respected by putting in the appropriate types of foods, appropriate type of drinks, and appropriate thoughts. Mm. People don't realize that an undigested thought, for example, is every bit as harmful as undigested food, you know? So it is extremely important to examine the thoughts that come up in your mind and say to yourself, is this a thought that is deserving of me? And then discard those negative thoughts and emotions that do not belong and incorporate more of the positive emotions and positive thoughts, thus resulting in in an enhancement of the way the mind feels so much more restful and so much more at peace with itself. That's a mantra that has to be repeated every day. It's a maintenance program. And, you know, when I think about that, I'm just asking, how long have you been doing this? Did you start learning this when you were a child? Have you practiced most of your life? Well, Ayurveda is a discipline that we grow up with at home. You know, uh, every household practiced Ayurveda. They didn't call it Ayurveda, but they practiced the mindfulness of proper eating, celebrating the food that you eat. Take, for example, the fact that we Indians eat with our hands. That's because one of the concepts in Ayurveda is that every single sense should be involved in the process of eating, touch, taste, smell, sight, etc. So the body gets the message, a carrot is coming, so that it's prepared to digest that carrot. Now, if instead you had a clicker in your hand and you're watching TV or if you're reading a book or you're involved in a very boisterous conversation, 
the body does not get that message as to what type of food is coming and therefore is ill-prepared to receive that food, digest it, and allow it to nourish the body and the mind. And you know, as well as I do, that food is as much for the body as it is for the mind. Yeah. There are so yeah. many types of foods you know which can make you angry, which can upset you, which can give you disturbed sleep at night, etc. And yet there are some other foods which are so calming and so nourishing for your body and your mind. Dr. Gopal, do you think in times past, do you think that other human beings, race before us, had issues like we have today? Or do you think things are just speeding up? Or is it just my age? Great question, Tim. I think the response to that is problems existed as long as civilization and human beings existed. But the problems were probably not as rampant. Because the one major difference between our forefathers and our ancestors and us is that they lived in conformity with nature. Mm. You know, it has often been said that man is a microcosm of nature, the macrocosm. Yeah. We were to only realize that, respect nature, and live in conformity with nature, we will have far less illnesses, body and mind, than we do today. Take one of the simple concepts, for example, nature produces food in abundance, fruits and vegetables in abundance during the summer. That is when fruits and vegetables have to be consumed the most. Also, take the sun, for example. The sun is at its peak at 12 noon or thereabouts. So according to Ayurveda, the maximum food should be consumed at that time because your metabolism, which reflects the sun, the heat of the sun, is also at its peak at that time. Instead, in our society, we are more given to meeting around the dinner table because of the constraints of profession and time. And that is when we consume the largest meal of the day, following which we go and sit down in front of a TV, the idiot box as we call it, yeah. and we stare at it for the next two or three hours and then from there we go to bed, not giving the body the ability to digest the food prior to lying down to go to sleep. So if we were to just respect nature enough to live in conformity with it, I think we would be happier people. I do too. I, I do too. You know, and I think that's what this show really is all about. All the things we've been discussing, all the things that we discuss in the dojo. But, you know, that's the idea. The idea behind this show is to speak to you from Allentown to California and to get your views on such interesting topics. And so that when people hear the show, they can learn and try to instruct themselves and get involved in a maintenance program that will better their lives. It seems like we're just doing everything wrong these days. And it seems like there's just so much interruption. And the next thing you know, there's a new iPhone and another new iPhone and other ways to just make sure that for some reason, we're just not in the moment and we separate ourselves from our connection to our family and a lot of times to ourselves. Can you just take a, a moment and just give this audience some advice as to some ideas to practice and no matter what they're doing obviously not everybody can train in the martial arts not everybody can train in yoga but some different things that they can do in their hectic day to remind them to eat better a little bit more of a training method to take care of their body to get outside more to touch nature more and to find a spiritual sense of connection to something of a greater power a god i mean i feel very blessed to have you on the show today thank and, you yeah thank so you, what, what would you think as far as some kind of uh a method that somebody listening to the show could maybe pick up today? Every emotion, whether it is anger, sadness, 
when you stand in awe of a beautiful thing that you're observing in nature, every one of these motions is associated with a type of breathing pattern. When you're angry, your breath comes out in gusts. When you're sad, you sigh. When you see something that captures your imagination, your breath is suspended in awe. So if you take that into consideration and reverse it, and alter your breath to slow it down and gradually observe your breath as you inhale and as you exhale, if you keep prolonging your breath, if you keep prolonging each inhalation and exhalation, you will automatically find that the mind becomes calmer, your blood pressure goes down and your pulse goes down and you feel at peace. So if nothing else, if you cannot buy a half an hour or 45 minutes to go to the gym or do martial arts or do yoga, if you take about five minutes every now and then from your hectic pace in life, sit down erect, your feet firmly planted on the floor and take some slow, deep breaths with your back erect. Just pay attention to nothing except your breath, just the inhalations and exhalations. Concentrate for as long as you can and make each inhalation and each exhalation deeper and longer than the previous one. It will take away so much of the anxiety, the tension, the frustrations that all of us in the workplace face every day of our lives and calms your spirit and your mind down. Yeah. So we need to become aware of our breaths. It's something that we never pay attention to unless you're running up the hill and you're winded. And yet it is one of the most fundamental actions of the body, one of the fundamental things that has an extremely strong connection with the mind. Hmm. Uh, we talked about nutrition and talked about eating organically and, and getting good food and being conscious of it and when to eat and to remove ourselves from the TV as much as we possibly can. You know, we talked about the uh, mental side of it. What do you do for a workout? Do you still practice yoga? Absolutely. Uh, not a day dawns, Tim, that I do not practice yoga. I do an hour to an hour and a half of yoga every day, hmm. followed by what is called as pranayama, in which I do breathing exercises, followed by about 10 to 15 minutes of meditation. So you That's have a, how I so, start my day. So you have a ritual. Yes, uh, the ritual, I must add, I'm glad my wife is not listening because she constantly chides me on that. I am up at 3.30 in the morning, so wow. I do this from 3.30 to 5. How do you get the energy? Where do you get the energy from? Because I, I called you the other day at 7.00. 7 o'clock in California time. It was 10 o'clock, I guess, our time. And you said you were already at work. Now, I'm not saying that's, for some people, I guess that's normal. But I know you go all the time. I mean, how do you do it? Um, I do two things um, that are primarily responsible for this, I think, Tim. One is I consume very few calories. Hmm. If you look at the people who live the longest in the world and are healthiest, I mean, there is no point in living long if you're a vegetable, but the healthiest and the longest living people in the world consume the least amount of calories. Yeah, That is one thing I do. The second thing I do is I never vary from my routine of practicing yoga every day of my life. And I cannot overemphasize the importance of doing that. Martial arts is a form of yoga. 
So you and I are brethren in that regard. Yes. There are a variety of forms of yoga. The unfortunate part is that in the Western society, yoga has been turned into a physical exercise. Mm. It is another form of exercise, and it's not. Yoga, like martial arts, is a way of life. Yeah. You know, you have to carry that, you have to incorporate that spirituality into the practice of yoga, otherwise it becomes any other form of exercise. But see, what you did is, because your lifestyle says I need to be at work at seven, you back up your day and start your ritual at three. So to squeeze your ritual in and your form of maintenance, you create room for it. And I think that's the number one excuse that happens with people. They, well, I don't have time. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You just have to make the proper choices. And I think that's where people tend to either get lazy or maybe just like you said, it's all about wanting to receive. And it's all about wanting to learn. And if you don't have the desire to change your life, it's not going to work. I could yell and you, you and I could scream and yell and jump up and down. It wouldn't really matter. But for people who do, that's part of it. And everybody needs to listen to that. I have my ritual. And Carol knows. I mean, I get up a good hour that I dedicate to read scripture. I pray and meditate and reflect. And then the evenings, fortunately for me, part of my profession is to teach and to train in the martial arts. And so I get that sacred sweat with all the good people that I train with. Yoga and the martial arts are very connected. And um, it's, just, um, it's just a great thing to be able to spend this time and speak to you about things on your mind and what makes it work for you. And I thank my wife for looking over at me at 10 o'clock at night saying, hey, why don't you ask Dr. Gopal if he'd come on the show? One thing led to another. And you're such an open, nice person to do this. And again, thank you for delivering both my kids. You know, uh, interestingly enough, before I left Pennsylvania, I delivered probably about 250th second generation baby. Really? <laughs> yes. And around 150, I had the distinction of delivering the second generation baby of both the parents I delivered some 30 years ago. So <laughs> it was a crowning experience of my professional life. You know, Chelsea's home because Nicole had um, a baby boy. And we just had him baptized this morning. So the whole family's together this weekend. But I was just telling Chelsea last night how you allowed me to participate in, yeah. in the birthing process. And that is so cool. You had the confidence in me. I mean, I was nervous. But somehow you looked at me and said, go ahead. It'll happen naturally. And I didn't really even know you that well. And you just seemed to have that connection even then. Yeah. Um, it, was a be- yeah. it was a beautiful thing. So... Last question. Can we have you on the show again? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. I would love to do this all the time. I'm sure we're going to have a a lot of requests. So, again, thank you so much. Hopefully, we'll get together again soon. Absolutely. Talk to you, and thanks again. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on Sensei Hoover's way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. 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 Steve Mittman social media.com.